This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. So the championship is back and here we are, we're going to try and preview the other 23 clubs in the league today. Uh, me and Andy, we've sat down, we've given our thoughts on each club, we're going to go through all the transfers in and out and we've got audio from near enough every club as well. So sit back, enjoy and let's get started. Birmingham City. Hello there. I'm Tommy from Blues Focus, and this is my preview of the up-and-coming 22-23 season at Birmingham City. There's never a dull moment at the club. As you may already be aware, BSHL, our owners, have made it clear they want to sell their shares and move on after their disastrous six-year reign at the club. The main two consortiums in the running are Maxi Lopez and lifelong fan Paul Richardson, and the one grabbing all the headlines, former Watford owner Lawrence Bassini. We lost the trust of many after his car crash of an interview on Talk Sports with Jim White and Simon Jordan, in which he assertively stated he was going to buy the club, claimed we were going to win the league, and accused Simon Jordan of murder. Like I said, there's never a dull moment at the club. Unsurprisingly, his bid fell through, and Lopez and Richardson came in to sweep things up. It's difficult to say what we can expect from them just yet. There's little evidence yet of where they're getting their funds from, as well as the odd appointment of Matt Southall as the new CEO. But what BSHL had been missing was communication, and that's what Richardson has been giving us even before taking over. So hopefully they can guarantee us some assurance through tough times. An obstacle they're going to be faced with immediately are the debts the club owe, as well as the closure of the lower tiers and the Cop and Tilton. It's what really dulled last season, and the atmosphere we had at St Andrews was gone. If they can reopen it, it would be a triumph, as they'd undoubtedly win the respect of the fans. I'm praying they can, because it's a sorry sight seeing a half-empty stadium every weekend. As of recording, we've currently made four signings in this summer window. Austin Trusty, Chemislav Plachetta, I think that's how you say his name, a smart signing in John Ruddy, and Dion Sanderson returns for his second loan spell at the club from Wolves. Sanderson was effective at the back last season, so fingers crossed he can commit a similar contribution. Ruddy has good experience in the Premier League and looks to become our new number one after news broke we may have to pay more on Neil Lethbridge's contract due to a pay increase after a certain amount of games in which he's nearing. It's just bad business again. And Placetta and Trusty are here to impress. Although it's not very optimistic at this current stage, I'd be more than happy with survival this season. I've seen other content creators out there predict us to go down, and I can understand why. For the past six seasons, we've not finished higher than 17th. And of course, I want John Eustace to succeed. But it feels like a monster of a challenge right now. He has half a team to play with, half a ground to play in, 
and rumours Lopez and Richardson are going to replace him already. Never a dull moment. Unfortunately, my gut tells me we're for the chop this season. I've watched over the past few years the team and club decline through lack of attention and care, it seems, leaving us, the fans, to suffer, like so many other clubs. But we'll be there. Join us for the roller coaster here on Blues Focus next season. Keep right on. Thanks for that, Tommy. Obviously, like you've said, there's always something going on at Birmingham. But I don't feel like it's going to be a good season yet again. And it feels like I've done this for all teams so far, but I just don't feel like it's going to be too good of a season for you. Obviously, your new manager has come in, John Eustens, who has been assistant manager of Ireland, as well as caretaker manager of QPR and Kidderminster manager. But he hasn't got championship experience. And I feel like you're really going to struggle yet again this season. Obviously, some good transfers coming in. John Ruddy and Aaron Trusty, I think, are your main players, as well as Plasheta from Norwich. Letting go of a few players, obviously, Jer- Jeremy Bella, Ivan Sunyik, Christian Pedersen, Ivan Sanchez. Players who I thought were really, really key for you. And obviously, one or two players going back at the end of their loan spells, such as Owen El Hernandez. Now, your squad isn't bad by any means. But I just don't feel like with the squad size, you've got enough depth if injuries do come in. And that's going to really, really affect you. Personally, I've got you down just surviving the drop in 21st. And I really, really hope that Birmingham do manage to find some change with the owners. Because a team with the size of Birmingham and the likes of views should not be in 21st in the championship. So I really, really do hope that issues get sorted there. And hope to see you back up in the big time shortly. Blackburn Rovers. Hi, this is Dan from Rovers Chat and I thought I'd give you my thoughts on the upcoming season and how I think Rovers will do. So, you know, you go into a new season and it's a bit of a different one for us. We've had Tony Mowbray for the last five and a half years and he's now gone and John Dahl Thomason's come in who had, you know, success with Malmo in Sweden. It's a big change, you know, five and a half years is a long time in football. We all know how much managers can change and the club set up. So it's kind of been a strange one after such a few turbulent years having four or five managers in the first season down and changing a manager every year or so. And now we have Mowbray for five and a half years. So it's definitely been, you know, a transition period this summer. And I think it'll be a transition period heading into the new season. I think Rovers will show that they're a side that are having to play in a new formation, a new setup, a new tactics. New players will come in, obviously. Thomason will have his players from Malmo that they want to bring in. So it's going to be a strange season, but I think it'll be a transition one. And I think that's the key word, you know, watching the side go from this Mowbray football for five and a half years to Thomason's style. But it's one we're all excited for and one that, if we can get the right players in, I think could be a good one. In terms of ins and outs, we've not made a signing at the time of this recording. Obviously, we have signed Ethan Walker from Preston, but, you know, do you really count under-23 signings? Not really. But in terms of outgoing, it's been really busy. Captain Darrell Enian's gone to Middlesbrough on a free... Uh, we lost Van Eck on loan back to Brighton, Redicadri back to Brighton. You know, all these players. Uh, Joe Rothwell's gone to Bournemouth after almost forcing a January move through. You've got Ryan Nambe, who's just been linked with Wigan and looks like he's going there. So we've probably had five or six first-team players go, and that's been the biggest issue. You know, Rovers haven't made the signings, and if you can't fill that gap... There's a bit of a worry. A bit of a worry. We've got quite a good starting eleven, but once you get outside that eleven, we're looking weak, and that's where we need the upgrade. So in terms of where we think, where I think we'll finish, 
I'd do it on the basis that we'll make a few signings because we will. It's just a matter of when they come in. I think we'll finish 15th, 16th. I think that'd be a good year as long as you can see Thomason's tactics come in and as long as you can see that we're going in this new style and the transfers are working, then I think it'll be a positive season. Who knows what the championship can bring? We all know how unexpected it is and maybe if we make a couple of really good signings, I might improve my prediction. But 15th to 18th for me and I'll go for 15th. Thanks for that, Dan. Obviously, the main change at Blackburn this season has been the change of management from Tony Mowbray to Thomason. Not really heard too much about him, but he has seemed to bring in a lot less players than what's gone out. Obviously, some key players have left the club. Sepiuk, Bradley Johnson, Harry Chatton and Ryan Niambe, Joe Rothwell, all good players that should be in that first team for Blackburn. And obviously, bringing in Ethan Walker and Callum Britton, not really doing too much transfer business in general, and I feel like it's really going to be your downfall. Obviously, if you can keep Ben Brereton Diaz and keep him fit, he is going to be firing on all cylinders. Obviously, Bradley Dackerwell is another another player who is going to absolutely help out your season. But I feel like what seems to be a trend on this at the moment is you're going to just avoid the drop in 18th. Now, might seem harsh. But I don't feel like your squad has the same quality as what it did last season. And it's really going to be de- be your downfall, like I have said. And a team of Blackburn sides who've got three Premier League titles, six FA Cups, should not be in this situation. But I guess it's the way that football's going at the moment. And hopefully see you back in the big time sometime shortly. Blackpool! This is Tom from Up the Mighty Pool, UTMP. Blackpool FC. So, just a little bit of a summary in terms of how we think we're going to do this season. Um, so, we thought we were going to get mid-table last year and fell away a little bit. So, I think we'll be looking to do similar again. If we can push into mid-table, that would be great. Bottom half is absolutely fine. I would like to think that we won't be getting tucked into a relegation battle. Similar squad at the moment to last year. So, um, it's quite a well-balanced squad with, with players that have got very inexperienced. You know, we've got some young players such as Josh Bowler who uh, look like they could establish themselves at this level versus the likes of, you know, Gary Medine, Richard Keogh who've been there and done it as well. So it's a really well-balanced squad. Add that to Michael Appleton's approach, which is a little bit more on the front foot than we had with Neil Critchley. I expect to play a little bit more positively, more in terms of going to try and do Go and try and hurt the opposition and do what we do best rather than worrying about the opposition. It's a risk. Uh, it may, you know, uh, with anything in football, it, it, it's risky and we could um, we could get sucked into a relegation battle, but quietly confident with a couple more additions that we should be in for a similar ride that we had last year. So, yeah, I'm going to go with 18th this year. Uh, no big ins and outs so far, but plenty of the window left, so I'm sure lots will change before the season starts. Thanks for that, Tom. It has obviously not been the way that the season wanted to go for you last season, missing out on the playoff places, just as what happened with us. But I feel like your transfers are very, very good. Obviously, two loan transfers, main of Reese Williams and Reese James from Sheffield Wednesday and Liverpool. But there hasn't been too much transfer business in general where I feel like you're going to really improve. You've not really let go of key players at all. It's pretty much the same team as last year. 
obviously Neil Critchley moving over to Aston Villa to be part of the coaching team, I do believe, is going to be a part which is going to really going to affect you in a way. Michael Afton, not heard too much about him. He's there on a four-year contract and really, really does hope that he gets Blackpool to higher standards than what you're at at the moment. But personally, I have you down at 19th. I don't feel like it's going to be a good season for Blackpool fans and I feel like you're going to be really scrapping with the relegation battle. Obviously, with the championship, it's always about improving your team as it is with any leagues and I just don't feel like you really improve this much in the transfer window. Josh Bowler is going to be a key for, player for you, as well as Jerry Yates. And I really hope that they stay fit so you can be fit and fighting throughout the whole season. Bristol City! So, yeah, Bristol City. Um, they've retained the manager. As you, Nigel Pearson's still there. He's been there quite a while now. Um, yeah, and looking at the transfers, I mean, they brought in... Ewan Clark from Oxford City, uh, Kane Wilson, Forest Green Rovers, Mark Sykes from Oxford United, and then Ben Acey and Tim Apsion from Guernsey. Um, so not really spent any money there. The one transfer that does stand out is really is Cal Naismith. There they've got from Luton Town. So you can get him firing. He's definitely the pick of the bunch for me from their incomings. Uh, Outgoing-wise, they've lost it. Casey Palmer went to Coventry. Robbie Cundy's gone Barnsley. Uh, Lewis Britton's gone to Cork City. And then there's a host of other players who've gone as well. Uh, Ruben McAllister's gone to Hibs. Tyreek Backington, Sheffield Wednesday. So they have lost. There's quite a few players gone as well. Bristol City have been in this division now a long time. The manager's been there a while. They never seem to really threaten to do anything either way. Um, so, yeah, so it'd be interesting to see, you know, if this is the season when they do try and push on. Judging off the summer transfers, I've, I'd say I very much doubt it. I think a lot of their um, chances really comes from the youth and Alex Scott. They've got to keep hold of him if they want to do anything this season, I think, because he is a really promising player. Um, yeah, there's no real, there's no audio from Bristol City, unfortunately. Um, we couldn't get hold of any. Uh, but yes, we did try. <laughs> um, so, yeah, yeah. for, for me, uh, I know that, you know, looking at our thing, I had them down in 19th place personally. Uh, and he had them a bit higher up, so he had them in the top half, and Mike had them in relegated. So that really says it all. We, we don't know what's going to happen with Bristol City, but I doubt it's going to be much good and they're going to catch the eye. I think they'll just have another meandering season, personally, maybe flirt with relegation. Uh, but yeah, as a group, we've actually got them in 19th place, which is two positions lower than they finished last season. Burnley. There's Jordan from the Burnley podcast, Turfcast, just giving my thoughts and opinions ahead of the championship season. Feels weird saying championship, obviously after being in the Premier League for so long, but it's the first season back. As we're honest, I'm quite looking forward to it. You know, a lot of new grounds, um, some new teams that we haven't played for for, for quite some time. Um, Luton, uh, you know, teams like that, obviously Botherham as well. Um, and a lot of local derbies for us in this league as well. Um, obviously, I won't mention the name, but the lot from down the road on the M65 have also got Preston, Blackpool, uh, even Wigan. You know that's not that's not too far away. So a lot of sort of that Lancashire Lancashire derby as well to look forward to. Um, in terms of our season, it's going to be um, an unusual one for Burnley because obviously we're going to have this new style of play, new manager, an entire new identity really. Um, several new players. Uh, we've had ten leave and so far seven come in. 
with potentially two more announced this week. Or is it six coming? No, it's seven. We're on seven at the minute. I lost count. We're on seven incomings at the minute with a possible two more this week. And then uh, hopefully some after that. Obviously, we've had Twine. We've had um, CJ Egan-Riley from Sitter. We've had Howard Bellish from Sitter. We've had Josh Cullen from Anderlecht, who, by the way, is a brilliant midfielder. I'm very looking forward to seeing him playing Claret and Blue. Uh, who else is there? Uh, I can't remember off the top of my head. There's been so many coming in. Um, uh, Ian Martson from Ch- from Chelsea, expecting to announce uh, a, a goalkeeper this week and potentially or half from Coventry or hair from Coventry, but that seems to be dragging on a little bit. Uh, so who knows where that one's going to go? He might end up staying at this rate. But um, in terms of where we'll finish, I think it's going to be top six minimum. Um, although it, it's 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 one of them like I, I, I think we may struggle at the start of the season. Um, because obviously companies companies come in, he's, he's trying to change the entire ethos of the side. We, like I said, we've just had a massive turnover in players. So it might take time for, for them to gel and for companies' ideas to, to transfer onto the pitch. But I think once they do, I think we've got a decent squad there. Um, and looking at some of the teams that did well last season, uh, or, or were there or thereabouts last season, I don't see why we can't be there or thereabouts looking at our squad. Um, but it may be a slow start. Um, that's my prediction anyway. But hopefully the fans, our fans will stick by the manager if it is a slow start because we've got a lot of youngsters in the squad as well now. So um, they, they will need time to bend in as well. So yeah, interesting anyway, but I'm looking forward to it. Cheers to that, John. Obviously Burnley back in the Championship. Not really what we want to see. Obviously you have got two English league titles to your name. So like I've said about a few teams, you're not exactly a small team and... I've said it as well, there's only 20 places up in the Premier League, so obviously quite a lot of them end up down the Championship. I believe there's 12, in my opinion, Championship teams which should be in the Premier League, but there isn't enough space. I feel like your transfer business has been pretty decent. There's one or two players who have obviously left, and it's out of your control because they don't want to be playing Championship football. The likes of Dwight McNeil, Ben Nee, James Tarkovsky, Nick Pope and Nathan Collins and Wayne Hennessy even, I feel like that was a bit of a shot to me. Obviously, Weghorst going out on loan to Besiktas, because I believe you're going to be firing back up to the Premier League. I feel like Vidra and Lennon and a Dale Stevens and an Eric Peters and a Phil Bardsley, all good backup players that you've let go of, but probably doesn't fit company's play style. Maybe a Vidra would have fit in. But the players you've brought in, Scott Twine, Josh Cullen, Murick, uh, Vinotio, CJ Egan, Riley, Taylor Howard-Bellis, and Ian Madsen on permanence and loans, respectively. It's going to be a good season for Burnley. I've got you down, personally, in a fourth place, so in the playoff places. And it's going to be a good, good season for Burnley. You're going to have a good season. Vince and company's play style is really going to fit in here. It's going to be a great, great season for you guys. Cardiff City. Wow. So haven't Cardiff City been busy over the summer? That revolving door, I'm surprised it hasn't been going that fast that them coming through it to end up coming back out. I mean, we've benefited from signing Aidan Flint. You know, he he comes to the end of his contract at Cardiff and uh, we've signed him. Uh, James Collins has left. Marlon Pack, Will Volks. Uh, Alex Smithies. I mean, Alex Smithies actually hasn't got a club, as far as I'm aware, at the minute. So, um, if we're looking for another goalkeeper, we, you know, that could be on the agenda there. Uh, Leandro Bakuna, he's another one who hasn't been picked up yet. Uh, Josh Murphy, and then there's just a whole host of other players um, that have also been released and all left on freeze. Uh, probably most will filter down to the lower leagues. Uh, but as, as many as they've gone out, they've actually been that many coming in as well. Uh, they've signed 
uh, Marlon Romeo from Millwall, Ollie Tanner from Lewis, uh, Ebu Adams from Forest Green Rovers, so they're a couple of lower league lads. Uh, Ryan Allsop's coming from Derby on a free. Jack Almwick, um, he's coming from St Mirren. Uh, Jamilou Collins from Paderborn, don't know a lot about him, I'll be honest. Uh, they've got a young lad from uh, Leicester, uh, Vontae Daly-Campbell. Uh, they've signed Callum O'Dowda from Bristol City. Sherry Ojo's coming from Liverpool. Uh, and then they've had a player who was linked with us quite well, two midfielders actually who were linked with us. One was here last season, Romain Sawyers, and also Andy Rinomota from Reading. Uh, I know we were sort of maybe thinking of pairing them two back up, weren't we, with uh, himself and Josh Laurent. Uh, but yeah, he ended up at Cardiff. And they've also brought in Cedric Kipra from West Brom on loan. So there's actually been quite a lot going on at Cardiff. It's going to be interesting. Do they bed in early doors? Does it take them time to, um, you know, do they hit the ground running? Or does it take the time to get them, get themselves in order and work out, you know, how to play together? So many new faces there. Uh, as a group, I actually had them in ninth place. Mike had them in tenth, and uh, sorry, Mike had them in thirteenth, and Andy had them in tenth, which means that as a group, we've got them in eighth place in our league. Which for them, they'll probably take that because they finished eighteenth last year, so they're ten places up. But whether they're going to be happy not in the playoffs, I know they weren't. They're not going to be. Ha- I know they're not happy that they missed out on Gareth Bale. They were, that was a summer. Summer saga that went on and on and on uh, before he ended up in the LMS. But I'm very much glad he did because uh, I think he would have ripped up the championship. <laughs> so, yeah, we've got him just finishing outside the playoffs. Coventry City. Hi, my name's Glenn. I'm part of the Sky Blues Fans TV podcast team. I've been asked to give my thoughts on Coventry City's upcoming championship season and the transfer dealings in and out of the club. Um, it's been relatively quiet transfer window so far for Carve. Um, a lot of the fringe players have been moved on. We've seen Julian DeCosta, Jordan Shipley, Jody Jones um, all move out of the club. Um, the first two have joined Shrewsbury Town. Um, we've had a few incoming signings. Uh, Casey Palmer's joined from Bristol City on an undisclosed fee. He looks quite promising and the coaching staff has spoke quite highly of him. Uh, we've also lost Ian Matson and Jake Clark-Salter, who both returned to Chelsea after the loan spells ended, both of which have moved on to new clubs. Clark-Salter's obviously joined QPR and Matson has, re- has gone back out on loan and joined Burnley. Uh, the other two signings have happened this week, which is Forest defender Jonathan Panzo, who's come in, who scored twice on his debut. Uh, he looks quite a good prospect, good on the ball, got a bit of pace, good in the air. And Callum Doyle, who's joined on loan from Man City, who, alongside Panzo, is left-footed. We struggled with left-sided centre-halves. Um, and they're both good on the ball um, and got a bit of pace about them, which we did get sucker-punched on the counter-attack a bit last season. Um the main concern at the moment is obviously what's going to happen with our big three. Callum O'Hare has been subject to various inquiries and alleged bids from Burnley and Vic Vincent Company seems to be very keen on getting him on board. Um, the concern is obviously if we lose O'Hare, what we will do with the money and will we be as good a side without him? He's pretty much the heartbeat of our team and makes us tick. We've managed to stave off any interest in Gustavo Hamer and Victor Jokerez, which is a massive positive. Uh, there's rumours that we'll be getting another, possibly one or two signings. 
There's a Palace Irish left wing back, uh, Tayo Adaramello. I've probably butchered his name. He's currently on preseason tour with Palace. Pacey, good on good, good on the ball, and um, but needs a bit of work. Rough diamond, so very similar to Matson. I think he'll be a good recruit for us to bring in, and hopefully there'll be one more signing. I personally would be happy if we only just sign loans for the rest of the window. I think the big thing is keeping the big three in in on board for us, um, and that pretty much strengthens us. And I don't think we'll be in a worse position than we were last season because we've got some quite promising youngsters coming through. Our under-23s team won the under-23s league, beating Bristol City, and we've got likes of Fabio Tavares, Ryan Howley to come in and uh, they've had a bit of a taste of first team football but they look quite promising moving forward i think success um mark robbins success is deemed as getting to 50 points and staying up uh, i think fans would accept anything above a 12th place finish i think if we have a bit of luck we don't have many injuries and, and keep players fit um and we hit a bit we got off to a good start i think we could be pushing for the playoffs yeah, now Coventry, they've had a great time out the last few years. You know, Mark Robbins has been there for a good length of time. They've got themselves promoted you know, from League One, at League Two to League One, from League One to the Championship. Uh, they're now sort of semi-established in this league as well. You know, they've had a couple of years here. They're a team that people don't particularly like to play as well. I know they finished in the top, just inside the top half last year. Um, and they upset a lot of teams. And it's whether they can sort of kick on from there. I know they've got like Callum O'Hare and that, and it's you know it's keeping um, Giorquez as as well up front. It's sort of keeping those key players together, and whether they can do that. They haven't lost any any main players over the summer, which is a good thing. And I think it's going to be interesting. They've added Casey Palmer from Bristol City. Uh, Callum Doyle's come in on loan from Manchester City. He could be a key player, and also Jonathan Panzo on loan from Nottingham Forest. Uh, they've also signed Tom Costello from Wigan and Dermy Lusala from Tottenham, both on freeze. And it also Teo Adaramola. I think I said that right. Probably not like that, but, you know, he's come from Crystal Palace on loan. So there's a few unknown entities there as well. Um, for me, like I say, keeping the, the lads they've already got there together, the key ones, um, that, that's going to be a main thing for Coventry. And also, like I say, Callum Doyle, Panzo, they could add some good some good strength and depth to the squad as well. Personally, I had them actually dropping quite a bit this year, finishing 17th. Uh, Mike had them finishing 16th, and he had them as, as high up as 8th, which means overall we're in 14th place for Coventry in our table. Huddersfield Town. Hello Stoke fans, this is Matt Shaw, the host of the Huddersfield Town podcast and he takes that chance. Uh, it's only seven weeks since our royal shafting courtesy of VAR in front of millions and as you can tell I'm obviously well over that by now. Uh, a new season is on the horizon and Dan has asked me if I could uh, say a couple of things about Huddersfield Town and their upcoming season. So if I go back to that day at Wembley, uh, we've since lost four of the starting eleven with another two set to follow uh, in Lewis O'Brien and Harry Tuffalo. Uh, with both lined up to go to Nottingham Forest as it stands. Uh, not going to lie, that one will sting a little bit if it happens, but it also highlights the, the boom or bust nature of a playoff final uh, if you're Huddersfield Town. Uh, losing this many players and, and plucking replacements, mostly on freeze from the lower leagues, is what we do, uh, but unfortunately it's no longer what Carlos Corbran wants to do anymore, uh, as we've lost our head coach and his assistant as well, 
um, since that day in May. So we've had plenty of personnel upheaval, uh, with which the board have attempted to negate a little bit by appointing our first team coach, Danny Schofield, as the new head coach. Uh, so we all wish Danny the best of luck he's a bit of a Huddersfield Town cult hero from his playing days. Uh, next season looks like it will be uh, one big step backwards uh, with the idea of bringing in uh, young players like Jack Rudoni and Kyle Hudlin and, and some of the B-team lads as well to then attempt maybe to jump two steps forward in the coming future. Uh, I suspect next season will be way too soon for that, but I do think we'll see some talented young players blooded at Huddersfield and players like Brody Spencer and Etienne Kamara should push through to give us something to cheer. Uh, whether we can hang on to those players and build something is always going to be unlikely with the current model at Huddersfield Town. Um, one other exciting incoming, though, is, is Yuta Nakayama, uh, a Japanese international defender, has joined us from the era divisor. And uh, the mystique behind that signing uh, has a few tongues wagging over in HD1 as well. So that one's quite exciting for us. Um, in terms of a finish next season, it, I think it's probably a little bit too soon to be predicting how that'll go. But I'll be astonished, to be honest, if we replicate last season's playoff finish of third. And I think that a rebuild in the middle of the division is, is much more likely. So uh, maybe a steady season for Huddersfield Town next year. So all the best, guys. Have a good season. Hope you enjoy it. Right, yeah. So Huddersfield, for me, personally, I think this could be a real struggle for them this year. Uh, they've lost their manager late on as well after pre-season had started. Never a good thing. I think he worked, um, Carl Corbrand obviously worked miracles last year, getting them up into third and, you know, nearly you know, a couple of decisions away from an automatic promotion place. I think maybe he thought he'd get a bit more assistance from the board this year. It hasn't come through. And yeah, I think maybe that's why he's walked. Again, look at the signings he brought. There's not really anybody there that that stands out and thinks, oh yeah, well, yeah that, that's a good signing, that's a good addition. And that's probably why the manager's walked, to be honest. And he's obviously doing it on, trying to do it on a shoestring. They've lost two of the best players in Lewis O'Brien and Harry Toffolo to Nottingham Forest. And there's been other players leave and they're trying to sort of bring in sort of like lower league players and younger players and they've lost experience as well. People like Fraser Campbell, uh, Jamal Blackman, people like Obviously, you know, Fraser Campbell may not played that much last season, but at least, you know, he would have been experienced around a young squad. And you, you do need to replace that, you know, as we've seen with ourselves with Aidan Flint. As for how Huddersfield are going to do this season, well, I'd say I have them personally finishing in 18th position, which is a 15 place drop on where they finished last season. Uh, the other two lads, Mike has got them in 14th and Andy has got them in 16th, which means overall we have them finishing 17th in our table, which yeah, means obviously from nearly in the Premier League to, well, probably fighting League One uh, in the course of one season. So yeah, it's not looking good, we don't think, for Huddersfield this season. Hull City. Hi guys, it's uh, Ant from the Tull and Back podcast here. Thanks for having me on. Um, well, I don't know where do I start with us this season. I mean, we've we've had you know a few years now of sort of regression where um, under the previous owners 
Uh, it's been well documented that you know they they really didn't want to invest anymore, and we were kind of just selling our best players and then not reinvesting that money, just signing freebies, loanies, players quality from the league below usually, and uh, you know naturally we regressed through the divisions, ended up in League One and. Um, came back up but had a transfer ban and you know it's it's been a few a tough few years but new ownership a lot of new signings a lot that have got international experience signings like john michael Suri on a free is absolutely phenomenal um esther pinion who um looks a, a really good striker so the, the only the only thing we really missed out on last season was goals like the rest of the team was pretty fine and maybe our over-reliance on a couple of players like honeyman and keen lewis potter uh, was our Achilles heel, but this season it looks like we're adding a lot of quality in a lot of positions, which means that we aren't going to be relying on just one or two individuals, so we can kind of, you know, have, have a bit of leeway for a bad performance here and there. And realistically, if everything falls into place, I, I can't see why we wouldn't be outside challenges for the playoffs. Um, a successful season to me would be mid-table, uh, comfortably mid-table, uh, maybe flirting with the top six kind of thing, but um, realistically, I think we're going to be top 12 at least um it'd be nice to see some progression and have a good base to build on for next season or maybe even from january onwards but um i'm gonna i'm gonna go for a nice safe maybe 11th place finish um i'm thinking you know the likes of Suri is going to be phenomenal uh jacob greaves and brandon fleming who were a couple of our shining lights from last season are going to continue to do so bringing in nathan baxter again is very good uh top keeper and he's only 24 years old we've got an option to buy him in summer so yeah it's just exciting again and um, it'll be interesting to see how we do this season because it's either going to go one way or the other, I imagine. Um, with in uh, in terms of whether or not this 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 big set of new players can find the consistency needed to be successful. But no, I think I think I'm going to be optimistic because we kind of have to be with the new signings and go for a nice mid-table solid finish. Yeah, cheers for that, Ant. Obviously, I made my prediction for this right just before you brought in one or two players. I'm going to mention about. So I originally had you down at 23rd, but I feel like you're going to finish somewhere more mid-table, maybe 10th or 9th, just missing out on playoffs. And that was the main reason of you letting players go, such as Keen Lewis, Potter, Richard Smallwood, um, Tom Eves, George Moncourt, George Honeyman, and Alaher Sayamensiesh. I think I pronounced that right, I might have butchered that. But since then, you have brought in one or two good players. Ozan Tufan, John mikhail Seri, Tobias Figueroa, Dugan Sink, and obviously... Sedimentia has come on a permanent transfer. Now, that's where my predictions change so that you're going to be finishing sort of mid-table towards the playoff places. You are obviously a team which I feel like should be around about playoff season on season, having the odd season in the Premier League. Your team is good enough for that. You have got quite a few good players in there, and those ones I've mentioned are obviously the key players pulling the strings at the moment. I feel like some some other players in your team, Andy Cannon's a good player, Sean McLaughlin, Nathan Baxter on loan from Chelsea. And I don't feel like, other than Sayamensha, you've got too much of an attacking threat, in my opinion. But it's going to be an alright season for you, and I hope to see you guys performing well, and John McHale, sorry, to get some long-range goals for you guys. Luton Town! Good afternoon, it's Ian Robertson from We Are Luton Town. Um, just a little bit of a preview on, on how I, th- I feel we're going to do this season. Um, I think we're, we're in good stead at the moment, we're in a good place. Um, I feel we're stronger than we were at the back end of last season. We made some, some good additions and, and only one real blow that have, have, have gone out um, in Carl Naismith. 
which we haven't really replaced. We've got people in the squad that can play his position or are manoeuvring to, so I can't see it being a, a big issue, but I don't see any more big outs at all. We might have a couple of loans out, dependent on what our squad's going to be. Um, but we're definitely in a stronger position. Um whether we come sixth or not or better this year is another question. It is a stronger championship this year, so I think obviously that'll have a factor. Um, I would predict we'd end up in around the 7th, 8th mark, maybe have a push for the playoffs again, I think. All depends. I think if we do get another really strong defender in before the transfer window finishes, um, then I'd probably place us higher than that. But yeah, we're in a really good position. Um, we've brought seven in so far. Um, it's a really good addition, especially in the goalkeeper department. So, you know, I think again we'll have another really strong season. Um, but yeah, around that seven to eighth mag. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Cheers. Bye. Thanks for that, Rob. A fair assessment. Obviously, Luton want to go for playoffs yet again, especially after last season. And you've mentioned obviously Carl Naismith going out, who was probably a key player in your defence last season. You've brought in quite a few good players as well, obviously Alfie Dowerty from Stoke, Corley Woodrow, just to name a few, even Half-Half from Nottingham Forest on the loan, who's probably going to be your starting goalkeeper. It's not bad of a team at all, but I just have a feeling personally that you're not going to fare too well this season. It's nothing against Luton or anything, but I just don't feel like it's going to be your season. And I've got you personally down at 13th. Now, it may seem very, very harsh, but we've seen teams such as Huddersfield and Swansea have brilliant seasons a season prior and then absolutely fall down, not to mention, for example, Barnsley uh, two seasons ago, who finished, I believe, in the playoffs and then got relegated this season. It won't be quite as bad for you, but I feel like this season you're not going to finish as high as last and it's going to be a rebuilding season going through to next year. Middlesbrough! It's really from Borough Breakdown Podcast. I'm hoping to give you a bit of a preview on Borough's season this year. And to be honest, my predictions could go either way um, for us really because... A lot of our season will depend on who we're going to bring in over the next few weeks. You know, we've got a really good, strong core there um, within within the team and a, a fantastic manager in Chris Wilder. I think arguably, pound for pound, he probably could be the best manager in, in the Championship this season. Uh, but what we are lacking is goal scorers and, and lack of strikers because we've only got two at the club at the moment. In a young striker in Josh Corburn obviously scored the, the goal against Spurs to send us through to the, the FA Cup quarter uh, final last season. And also got Duncan Watmore, who is, isn't really renowned to be a prolific goal scorer. Um, but we've been waiting on the money for Spence to come in. And once that is, we will probably look to reinvest that and bring in maybe a few forwards, a couple of midfielders, and definitely maybe one or two uh, defenders for cover as well. So hopefully we'll have a much more f- a full squad uh, to choose from come the opening day. But if we do bring those players in, we've got to really challenge. I think we will probably challenge towards that top six and hopefully go for the promotion this season. It's clear that in our style of play and what Chris Wilde has done since he's came to the football club, he's made us a much, much, much better footballing team. And I'm hoping we can get the right players in, not spend a lot of money, be like fairly... Uh, reserved and hopefully uh, we can reinvest that and sell on for profit in the future but for this season I think it depends on who we bring in the next few weeks if we bring in the right players 
I think we're going to be right up there. But if not, I still think if we don't bring in the players we need to, I'm still thinking about 10th at uh, a uh, minimum, really. Uh, we've got, like I said, we've got a good squad there. We just need some bit more players here and there to really make us from a, a team that's going to push to a team that could really make it in the promotion places this season. But thank you very much for having me on, guys. I'm hoping we have a good season and hope you guys have a great season too. Wow, yeah, Middlesbrough. Um, I think the biggest thing they've done this summer is probably hold on to Chris Wilder. Uh, obviously, the manager, you know, he's thought of and, and his record speaks for itself. He's probably one of the best ones around. Um, and Middlesbrough obviously did very well to get him in last season. Yeah, I think towards the end of last season, there was a few interviews on there where he, was, you know, he refused to commit his future. Whether he was trying to play hardball, Thinking of his summer budget, we'll never know, I suppose. Um, and he hasn't really, he hasn't really spent a lot of money as such over the summer. I mean, he's got Marcus Forson from Brentford for three million pounds. That's the only money he's spent. But he has got some. He's got Zach Stefan, the goal the reserve goalkeeper from Manchester City. He's come in on loan. Um, got Ryan Giles in alone from Wolves. Uh, they got Tommy Smith, obviously. You know, Stoke released, he's sad for Middlesbrough. So there hasn't been a great deal going in Middlesbrough. And I mean, um, but they have got some decent money coming in. I mean, they sold Marcus Tavernier to Bournemouth for 10 million quid. Sold Jed Spence uh, to Spurs for 13 million. And I mean, that was such a bonus for them because he went on loan to Forest until last year and he wasn't even like, you know, considered part of Middlesbrough's squad. And yet he went there and he played so well and ended up getting like a say thirteen million pound move to Spears on the back of that. Uh, other people have left as well, Lee Peltier, um you know, Sammy Amiobi, Sol Bamba. But yeah, it's um it's interesting, like I say, that they have twenty million pound in profit on transfers. And it's wonder I wonder whether they'll spend some of that before the end of the window. They probably are looking at players. Um, I they're a strange one for me. I'm I'm not. I haven't got them. I haven't got them to finish in the playoffs. I had them finishing eighth, as did Mike. Andy actually thought they'd finish third, which means that overall we've got them down as a seventh place finish. Millwall. Quickly, little preview for Millwall's season. Uh... The upcoming season, which starts in about two and a half weeks. Uh, looking forward to it. Um, but on Millwall, you know, we've, we've done some really good business so far. Obviously, the, the key departure of Jed Wallace um, was one that we had to we had to replace because obviously Jed, for, for a number of years now, has been so influential for us. Goals, assists, um, just his goal contribution numbers have just been just been very, very good. Uh, top One of the top championship wingers in the league. Uh, I really believe in West Brom got themselves a really good signing. Um, but with, with you know with that we've we've replaced him really well. First one through the door was Ian Fleming, uh, record transfer fee of one point seven million pound, which is a big big fee for Millwall, and you know and he, he looks like he's the real deal. Um, Twelve goals, four assists in the Eredivisie last year for Fortuna Sittard, um, which is more than a player like Anthony uh, that United want for seventy million pound. We've got Fleming for one point seven, so um, made team of the year as well. So that's a big signing. Obviously, bringing back Benicafobi was really good as well. 
and uh, bringing in George Honeyman from Hull seems like a really good signing, a bit of a signing, uh, a bit of a statement uh, as well to the league. You know, we can beat our other, you know, opposition, our rivals to, to signings. And obviously Charlie Cresswell from Leeds is a, a really good signing after the departure of Daniel Ballard, who was so good for Millwall last year for for number of, for the number of games where he just looked so comfortable in the championship. Um, but Cresswell looks like a, a really good player and a, and a very much a ready play, ready made replacement for him. So I'm really looking forward to seeing Cresswell in, in the Millwall shirt more often. Um, obviously, we've got hopefully a couple more additions to come. Rout wants two to three more quality additions, and I think if we can get them over the line, there's no reason why we can't go up this year. Um, so as a bit of a prediction, I'm going to go for Millwall to finish in 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 the top six. I'm going to go for sixth, um, and I'd like to think that we'd have the position done by the final day. Um, I just feel like that this this squad's ready now, and I think it might be our time. But yeah, that that that's that's my preview. Um, looking forward to this season. Now Millwall, yeah, so Millwall are, are yes, yeah, so Millwall they're an interesting one, aren't they? Gary Rowett, quite similar to Michael O'Neill, has been at the club you know similar length of time, um, and he seems to be a good fit there. He seems to be, you know, he likes the sort of underdog mentality. He seems to suit his style. Um, they've brought in some good players. George Honeyman, he could be a good player for them. You know, he's 27 now, approaching his peak. Um, you've also got Benny Kofobi signed full-time for them, you know, from, after, you know, coming to an agreement on the last sort of year of his deal at Stoke. Uh, he was on loan there last year, scored a few goals. Uh, they've got a couple of good youngsters, Charlie Cresswell, Jamie Shackleton. Yeah, they got their online from Leeds. They're a couple of uh, highly rated uh, youngsters as well. I, for me though, I really think they're going to struggle without Jed Wallace. I think he was such a massive part of their side, um, not just last season, but for the last you know however many seasons, he's really been vital to everything they do going forward. And I just wonder if they're going to really struggle without him. So, for me personally, I have them actually dropping quite a bit lower than they were hit last season and finishing 14th. Uh, Mike has them just inside the top half at 12th. And Andy actually has them just missing the playoffs in 7th. Uh, which means that overall, we see Millwall finishing in 10th place in our league. Norwich City. Hi lads, Jacob here from Canary Cast, the Norwich podcast. Pleasure to be asked on. Uh, <laughs> it's going to be a tricky one this year. Delighted to be asked on, but not delighted to be back in the Championship, that's for sure. How do we feel the season's going to go this year? Well, it's a tricky one. Dean Smith's, uh, the verdict's still very much out on him. It's uh, been nine months since he's been in charge. We're still not really sure of a style of play. He's only been able to bring in a couple of players, which I'll talk about later. And yeah, it's a little bit of the unknown at the minute. The squad's got quality, but um, yeah, it depends if, if we can really do it for a third time in a row, go straight back up and uh, try and actually compete for the third time lucky. But um, yeah, it's a, it's a strong enough squad on paper that, as we all know, especially Stoke fans, I don't know, that a strong squad before the start of the season doesn't guarantee an automatic uh, good championship campaign, to be honest with you. Um, 
how the transfers affect the side this it's difficult because they're both injured at the minute gabriel sara has come from brazil hit for decent money six million but let's be honest we, we all have no idea <laughs> how he's going to play where he's going to play at the minute there's reports that he's a cam there's reports that he could be a winger uh it would be interesting to see how he goes when he's up and running because it's a big old culture shock really isaac caden from newcastle is also uh injured at the minute uh got a knee injury so he won't be seen for the first few weeks of the season i think he'll be the key really in the in the defensive midfield spot once he gets going and and as he has played a lot of championship football he should be more than ready for the battle it's just if his knee holds up for for a lot of the season really he needs to be playing 35 games really for us to to have that solid midfield base and we are looking at a, a canadian midfielder at time of recording this so don't know again too much about him he's he's kind of Paul Pogba frame, six foot two, very slight, um, but has only played sixteen games in the MLS, so it's it's very tricky. He might be one that's uh, that is used because we have sold a midfielder in Pierre Limelou, but um, yeah, it's it's one of those again, very much unknown. They're either going to work perfectly or it could be quite a disaster. It doesn't really seem like there's going to be much in between this season, as as two out of the potential three are very much unknown. We're also looking for a winger, but at tar- at the time of recording, we we do not know who that could be yet. So it'll be interesting. To see but that squad on paper really should be strong enough in general it's just if the mentality stays if if play, everyone stays Max Aarons, Milot Rashika, Timu Puki, Tim Krull they're all more than good enough at this level to be able to really give a good account of themselves and it's a, it's a strong strong squad especially with five subs um where do I think we'll finish this season? I mean, if we if we finish below top six, I mean, it's an absolute travesty of a season. I think really we should be aiming for top two, absolute minimum. Um, but top top six is is just as uh, you know almost default really. That squad is is way more than good enough. Still, the, the the jury's out on Dean Smith, so maybe he might not be the man. But that squad, no matter who the manager is, should be should be more than capable of getting the top six. I think I looked at it last season. Obviously, you always get those ones like a Forest who just go on an absolute roll. Um, Huddersfield did well, but they've lost kind of players. You, you're, you've recruited well. Um, it's it's going to be an interesting one. But yeah, on paper, we should have more than enough to be able to get into those top two. Really, West Brom, Watford, Burnley, none of them really kind of put the fear into us. I really do think if we if we play to our anywhere near our kind of 100% capability, then we, we should be finishing in the top two again. And maybe this time not be a yo-yo, but we'll wait and see. Um, a pleasure as always to be asked on, mate. I always appreciate it. And uh, yeah, you can find us on Canarycast everywhere and uh, look forward to kind of speak to you again. Best of luck for the rest of the season, apart from when you play in Norwich, of course. <laughs> Cheers. See ya. Ah, Norwich City, the perennial Premier League yo-yo side. Um, Obviously, Without Daniel Farker, who's gotten the last two promotions, though. Now, so it'll be interesting to see, you know, Dean Smith. He also knows how to get a team out of this division after doing it with Aston Villa. So, yeah, I mean, they've brought in a couple of players. I mean, you know, they've got Gabriel Sarrar, I believe, him from Sao Paulo. We paid £9.5 million for him. That's a big transfer in the championship at this current time. Um Isaac Hayden in on loan from Newcastle could be a massive one as well. Um, and then obviously they've also got Marcelino Nunes, who I'll be honest, I don't know anything about. Well, he cost three and a half million pounds. Uh, as for people of West, I mean, Christopher Zimmerman, he's been there a while. Uh, yeah, there's not really been much else that has happened. Um, you know, leaving the club and that, there's not, they haven't really lost any big players. They've still got Timu Puki who I think is probably the most vital one. 
will they be able to do what they did two years ago and also what they did four years ago? I doubt it. I think the championship is a different beast from then. I think that Norwich team isn't as creative as it was. I think they I think they're gonna struggle a little bit more. Uh, that's my personal opinion. Not one of the team that we would suggest. I have them finishing seventh and actually just missing out on the playoffs. Uh, Mike has them finishing second, and Andy actually has them winning the league, which means overall we have them just edging out uh, a couple of other sides and finishing second in the division. Preston North End. I think Preston, um, um, if we're talking about their chances next season, uh, I think they've got a good chance. I think looking at the betting odds and I noticed the Daily Mirror the other day predicted Preston in the top six and I'll go with that I think they finished the season really well last season they've added Brady they signed the lad from Newcastle the keeper which he was highly thought of and a few clubs are after him so I think the nucleus of last season squad and what we brought in um, will give Preston a good chance they're a, a stable unit. They've been together a bit now. And the pre-season friendlies have gone really well. Hearts, we beat them 2-1. Narrowly lost to Leicester. Uh, we play with Ryan Lowe. He's, he's big on 3-5-2, which suits our attacking midfield. Players like Daniel Johnson and Alan Brown. And um, I think Preston could be the dark horses this season. Um, obviously, you've got the teams coming down last year. Burnley, Norwich, Norwich. Uh, and Watford, so they'll be looking to bounce straight back. Uh, out of those three, I'd like. I think Burnley would have the better chance, even they signed a few, play, sold a few players. Sorry, but I don't think anybody will have the consistency that Preston will have this season. They've got a big squad, and um, yeah, I've just got that gut feeling that it's going to be a really good season for Preston. Uh, regarding Stoke, if you want to talk about you guys. It's always a tough ask going to Stoke. Uh, we all know that, but I just think maybe we're just a bit stronger than Stoke and a few other clubs this year. So definitely Preston top 10 and with a bit of luck, maybe the top six. So that's my thoughts on the new season in the championship. And uh, who do you think, I, who do I think will win it? I just think, I think Burnley. Uh, I've heard Vincent Company has made a real impression there. And the old training ground, I've heard he's really happy and buzzing. So they could be a bit of dark horses as well. So maybe it's um, the teens from Lancashire this season they are going to set the pace. Let's hope so. Cheers. Now Preston North End. Seem like they've been in the Championship for forever, really, don't they? Uh, it's certainly been a long time since they were you know, out of this division. And they've got a manager in Ryan Lowe who seems to be now shaping the squad how he wants it to be. I've noticed that quite a few players who left in the summer were sort of like late 20s, early 30s. Um, so he's trying to bring like a younger blend in, I would, I would imagine. But he's also not sort of turning his back completely on the experienced players. He's brought in Robbie Brady, uh, who could be a great signing, really, from, from Bournemouth. Uh, you've also got Ben Woodburn coming in from Liverpool on a free. Yeah, they both come in on freeze. 
and you think Ben will be, and, you know, he, he burst onto the scene a bit at Liverpool, so you know, he's going to have something about him. He's lost his way. If they can get him firing, he's definitely going to be a good enough replacement for, you know, the ageing Scott Sinclair, who's left the club over the summer, who was released. Uh, they've also got Troy Parrott, very talented young striker from Tottenham, and Freddie Woodman as well, who's, you know, goalkeeper coming from Newcastle. So, I like Preston's business. I think they've done all right there. They finished thirteenth last year. I don't think they're going to go. I don't think they're going to be any sort of danger of getting relegated. Don't think they're going to be pushing to get. I think to get out of this division though, it's probably going to be yet again another year in the championship next season. Uh, I've actually got them sixteenth. Mike had them eighteenth. Andy fifteenth, which means overall we actually have Preston in eighteenth position in our league. Queen's Park Rangers. Uh, thanks to um, Every Step Along the Way podcast for inviting me on to a quick chat about my beloved QPR. So I feel for the season coming, it's a bit of a mixed season for us. We've got a new manager. Hopefully we'll have the new manager bounce at the start of the season. But he's untested as a manager. So it's that kind of excited, nervous experience of he seems good on paper, but hasn't been tried out yet. But from pre-season, everything looks good so far. Um, obviously, we haven't lost any key players from last season, really, in the sense we've managed to keep Ilias Chair, we've managed to keep Chris Willock, and obviously we've managed to keep Rob Dickey at the back. Um, I know we've lost some experience with Charlie Austin leaving and some goals, and we've lost, obviously, Andre Gray as well. So I feel like we're still a little bit short up front, could do of someone who's going to come in and score us 15 goals but apart from that I think the business so far has been pretty good we've made some additions at the back which you needed still desperately need a right back hopefully we're going to get uh, McNamara from Millwall fingers crossed for that one but I feel like I think the league could be stronger this year so I feel anything from 10th up would be a solid season for us I don't feel that we necessarily will be pushing for playoffs as quickly as some fans hope, with having a new manager and depending on obviously the signings that are still yet to come. Um, but I think anything from 10th up would be a really good season for us and I'm hoping to have some joy of maybe the playoffs if everything clicks and we get the right kind of signings in and we get someone who's going to score us those goals. Cheers, guys. Queen's Park Rangers. So, new manager in. Jake Clark Salter's coming from Chelsea. Uh, the big incoming for me there is Tyler Roberts. I think finds the form that he is capable of, then he could be a fantastic loan signing for them. Uh, you know, coming in for the season from Leeds, and I think that's probably what they want, what they've needed because they've lost two probably big personalities as much as anything. And that David Marshall, you know, he's gone to Hibs on a free, and also. Uh, they've lost Kieran Westwood, so they've lost a couple of goalkeepers there. They haven't really brought anybody in, so that may be an area they need to, you know, need to strengthen on. But they've also lost Charlie Austin. He's gone to play in Australia now with Brisbane Roar. Now I know he didn't start that many games from last year, but I do think that he was, like I say, a big, a big influence in probably in and around the dressing room. Seems a big personality, uh, loved by the fans there as well. So it'll be interesting how they get on without uh, without them. 
other than the transfers I've, I've mentioned, there's not really been much else to go on at QPR. So, yeah, I mean, they finished 11th last year, and that's the position Andy's got them finishing again this year. Uh, me and Mike, they were both got them in 15th, which means that overall they end up in 15th place in our league. Reading. Hey, it's Alex from Elm Park Rules here, giving you a quick preview on how we should do this season. Probably looking at another struggle season for Reading, really. Um, we've kind of cemented ourselves over the last four or five years as a uh, bottom eight kind of side. And although we had the one fluke season during during the COVID year when we finished in just outside the playoffs, it doesn't feel like that's going to be the case this season under Paul Ince. We've lost John Swift, who's gone to West Brom. We've lost Rinomota. We've lost Laurent. And we've lost a lot of loney players from last season as well. So we actually began pre-season with only one senior central midfielder. And even he, Dejan Tetek, had only played 10 games for the club. So there was a lot of work to do over summer in terms of bringing the squad up to scratch. Because I think we started pre-season with only about eight players or nine players who were even on Reading's books at all. We've made some signings uh tom ince has come in from stoke obviously as you guys know um we signed jeff hendrick on loan from newcastle who was at qpr last year we've got joe lumley who was playing in golf borough for most of last season somewhat successfully somewhat not um we've signed fauna from forest on loan as well he played for for shrewsbury second half of last year who got rave reviews uh there so the 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 Incoming signings have been reasonable um, up until yesterday when we managed to get Shane Long back on a permanent deal for a year, um, who will probably be playing backup striker to Lucas Schau. The They've been reasonably good, the incoming signings. It's just the depth is the problem, really, for us. And uh, if we can get another three or four signings through the door, we desperately need a left-back. We don't have one yet. Um, and we probably need at least one more central midfielder and possibly another centre-back just to really kind of fill the squad up enough so that it doesn't look too youth um, youth dependent. If we can do that, then maybe we can just about squeak by this season. Uh, we are second favourites to get relegated behind, uh, well, ahead of only Rotherham. Um, and we're just, just ahead of, well, just behind Birmingham in the, in the odds at the moment to, for relegation. I think there's a chance that we'll stay up. I, I definitely don't think we're by any means certainties to get relegated. I can see why people will put us there. Um, but if we can get a few more few more bodies in the door who will kind of give us some options off the bench and things like that, then fingers crossed we'll, um, we'll be able to get to 20th, maybe even 19th, heady heights. Wow, Reading. Right, so I think... They just about stayed up last year. Then they, they they look doomed. Paul Ince has come in. That's not really going to inspire many people, probably in the terraces, to think that this season will be any better. Um, he's re- he's sort of re-signed Tom Ince again from Stoke. Now he was released from Biles in the summer. Um, Sam Hutchinson, he's coming from Sheffield Wednesday. He's always been a technically good player. Uh, Shane Long, he's coming from Southampton. But I mean, those two are. 32 and 35. Tom Ince is 30. You know, the, 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 some old Jeff Hendricks coming from Newcastle. You know, always been a good player, but again, he's 30. 
is that what they needed? You know, is, is that what the side needed? Did they need some more experience to go around? And I suppose we'll have to see, won't we, whether that uh, helps them. But I mean, they've lost Josh Laurent come to Stoke. Uh, John Swift has gone to West Brom. Andy Riamoto's gone to Cardiff. And they've all left them free transfers as well. So that's the thing. They've lost three big players there from last season without getting a penny in for them. And you just wonder whether, you know, that's because obviously the, the, the money-wise, they haven't spent anything. They've got no money to spend. It's wheeling and dealing time. I'm not fully confident in the manager they've got. Um, so for me, they could be a real risk of getting relegated. I actually have them finishing 23rd in my table. Mike has them at 19th and Andy has them at 20th. Uh, which means that overall, we have them finishing exactly where they were last year in 21st position. And just avoiding relegation yet again. <laughs> Rotherham! Mine's Matt from New York Talk podcast covering Rotherham United. Uh, back in the Championship again, you know, every couple of years we, we're here um, to try and stay up. This season, who knows what will happen. Um, it'll be a big change in the summer, lost... Two big players with Michael Smith. Michael Hickory decided to stay in League One with Sheffield Wednesday, which is a bit of a blow. Uh, but at the same time, it allows us a bit of a reset. They, they were both with us on the both previous relegations. So it allows the the team to sort of reset, try something new, try something a bit different. I don't, don't think the transfer business has been as smooth as we would have liked. We've brought in Tommy Eves and Connor Washington as the strikers, but we haven't really replaced Michael Smith in that sense. Um, the rest of the team is the first eleven is probably just about there, but there's no real strength and depth at the minute, uh, and that's that's that may come before the season starts. But as things stand, that's where the concern is for fans at the moment. Um, if they if the signings come in and they can improve the squad, then I think we've already got a good base, so I think survival's definitely on the cards. If what we bring in doesn't improve the squad, we're going to be right in that fight. I think. It's going to be. It's obviously going to be tough. The championship is a tough league, but there's teams struggling for one reason or another, whether that's financial issues or squad building or whatever. Um, so I don't think there's. I don't think we're, we're going to be rock bottom like a lot of people think. I don't think that's going to be the case at all. I think the fight in the squad will keep us certainly close. Um, it all, it's all depends on the transfer business. We've got to be positive and say we will stay up, um, but that is assuming the transfer business before the window shuts. End of September, end of August, sorry, is decent business and improves the squad, which I fully believe that Paul Warren will will get that right. As much as Norwich are a perennial yo-yo side, um, with the Premier League, Rotherham seem to be with the Championship and League One, don't they? Uh, this is the fifth year in a row that they've been relegated. Yeah, that they've been like new a new division for them. They've just been up, down, up, down, up, down. Um, They've still got Paul Warren in charge, which is massive for them. I think he really helps them to, you know, to, you'll know this Lee by now. He's been there a while. He knows the squad. Uh, obviously, he's got a couple of promotions. I think Tom Eaves, Connor Washington, Lee Peltier are some good signings for him this summer. Uh, good championship experience, especially with uh, someone like Peltier as well. Although, again, the you know, the 30, 30 and 35 
but that could just be what they rather need to be honest. Just they've just got to stay up this year, aren't they, and break that cycle of going up and down, up and down. They haven't lost any of the big players either, um, from what I can see. So that's good. You know, they've managed to keep together the the bulk of the the starting side that you know they got a promotion last year. And for me, I think they may well be okay. I had them finishing twenty first, just staying up, which is that. It's like I say, it's all they need to do this year. Uh, the other two lads, though, Andy and Mike, both had them finishing rock bottom 24th, uh, which means that in our table, they do actually finish bottom. But, yeah, I, I'm i not so sure. I think they may just about have enough this time to, to stay up. Sheffield United. Hi, this is Johnny Gascoigne from Sheffield United fan channel, The Shoreham View. So, looking ahead to the season, obviously, we're still feeling that disappointment of the playoff semi-final loss. But being Sheffield United fans, we should be used to that. I mean, unless we go up top two, we're just not going up because we're cursed in the playoffs. So, back on the training ground, heads on shoulders. No point dwelling on it because it were always going to happen. Uh, at least Mousset is gone, along with a few other players that I'd consider trouble causers in the backroom staff. Hecky's brought in players who I think are more professional. Uh, we're relying on a lot of youth up front. We, we haven't got that much money to spend. And the players we're bringing in are either loan signings or bargains. Tommy Doyle, he looks to be injured and missed the start of the season. But he, on paper, very good player. Uh, we've got Anel, second name I've yet to learn to pronounce, uh, centre-half to compete with Chris Basham. He looks like he could be a monumental signing and an absolute bargain if the price of £3 million is to be believed. Looking at uh, other players we've brought in, obviously Kieran Clark, experienced player, good cover, especially at this level, uh, especially that centre-half position. Uh, we're looking at some more players that are possibly on trial, and obviously there's always a looming threat of Sander Berger leaving, which I think would be an absolute kick between the legs. Players that are already there, obviously we've got Billy Sharp, the man, the myth, the legend, a guy who should already have a statue outside the club, even at what age is he now? 77? He still has the ability to bang in goals. We've got young players such as Ndai and Jebison. They can fill a slot. Fleck, Baldock, Bogle, Max Lowe coming back from Forest after we impressed there. Everything on paper says it should be a good season. So we'll probably finish 12th. Thanks for that, Johnny. Obviously, I feel like you're going to have an absolutely stellar season. Losing out on the playoffs the way you did is not the way that Sheffield United want to go. And obviously, Sheffield United have been in the Premier League. They have obviously been a Premier League winner, four times FA Cup winner and your transfer business has been brilliant. Tommy Doyle coming in, Kieran Clark, Rennie Kadra, um, and Adnel Ad Hovic. I don't really know how to pronounce his name, but I know he's really, really good. Obviously, the players going out, Oliver Burke, David McGoldrick, players that probably weren't reaching the first team. Adding to that, you've kept hold of some key players. Sander Berger, main player for me. And your manager, Paul Heckenbottom, is going to do brilliant, brilliant things. Now, I have you down, not winning the title, but in that second place, which is automatic promotion. And I really, really feel that you're going to get back to the big time back in the Premier League. And it's a good thing to see because I just feel like Sheffield United should belong in the Premier League, along with a few other teams in the Championship. But I've said this before, there's only 20 teams in the Premier League and there's so many good quality teams in the Championship that half the teams should be in the Premier League. So I hope to see you guys in the Premier League in a few seasons' time. Sunderland. Hello, I'm Michael Dunn. On behalf of the Roker Report podcast and Sunderland fan site, previewing Sunderland's return to the Championship after four long, arduous and difficult years in League One. So Sunderland returned to the Championship in positive manner 
in positive shape. There's a good vibe around the club after the, the ending to the League One season last year. Ever since Alex Neal has come in, we look like a solid outfit defensively and we have a lot of creative talent up top who are scoring the goals for us, who got us into the championship. And the positive thing is that we have actually kept a lot of these players coming into the new season. So in terms of signings, we have brought in Jack Clark on a permanent deal alongside Patrick Roberts, two players who made a massive impact when they joined last January on short-term deals. We've also bought Dan Ballard and Aji Elise, um, two centre-halves to go alongside the new re-signing of Bailey Wright, which has solidified us at the back. Um, in terms of what new signings that might come in still, we are heavily linked with Troy Parrott on loan deal from Tottenham Hotspurs, the Republic of Ireland International, and possibly Nathan Broadhead, who also was with us last season. It seems that Alex Neal has a plan to keep as much of the team together as last year, hopefully to build on the momentum of the positive ending. And um, I think fans in general think we have a good chance of a a sort of season where we're not going to be troubled anyway by relegation um, and we might be quietly confident of pushing for maybe a promotion playoff place at best. Um, I don't think we will go up but I would predict us to give it a good rattle um, and I can see us maybe just finishing outside the playoff places between 8th and 10th which I think most Sunderland fans would be very pleased with considering it's our first season back in the Championship. Yeah, thanks for that, Michael. Obviously, Sunderland back in the Championship after four long seasons, like you mentioned. And it's going to be a decent season, in my opinion, for yourselves. Now, yes, Sunderland should be in the Premier League, six Premier League titles to yourself, two FA Cups. It's not like you're a small team whatsoever. Your transfer business has actually been pretty decent, in my think. I think Daniel Ballard coming in from under-21s of Arsenal is a good transfer. Jack Clark as well, we had him on loan here. He was a very, very good player. Ellis Sins coming in on loan. Alex Bass as well, a good keeper coming in. As well as that, you've got Alese, who is also a centre-back from West Ham's under-23s. And Leon Jaku from Union Berlin, who I've heard one or two good things about. Players you've let out, obviously Will Grigg, Aidan McGeady, players who are aging. Will Grigg probably was a good backup option in my opinion. But, you know, transfer business, free transfers, there's not much you can really do. Now, I feel like you're going to have a good season. I really like Sunderland's play style. I think I've really got a soft spot for Sunderland, right? And I think Sunderland are just going to have a great, great season in my opinion. They're going to do great things considering they've just come up from the... League 1, the league below, it's not going to be as high as you probably expect. It's 17th personally, but I feel like that's a great, great season, considering in my prediction you're around the likes of Huddersfield and Blackburn. Swansea City. Hi everyone, I'm Megan and I'm a Swansea City fan. I've been a season ticket holder for two years and have followed the Swans since a young age. This season, I'm hoping for an improvement on the last, where we finished 15th. Last season was full of ups and downs where we were definitely in a transitional period with Russell Martin coming in and trying to go back to the traditional Swansea way of possession-based football. We've had some new additions to the team including the likes of Harry Darling from MK Dons and Nathan Wood from Middlesbrough. Probably the biggest news is the departure of Flynn Downs who has made the jump to the Premier League with West Ham. He is definitely a player who will be missed in our squad but we welcome back Joe Allen as his replacement who is Swansea born and bred. Alan coming home has definitely created some excitement around the city and we can't wait to see him back in action in a swan shirt this season, especially with the World Cup coming up in November. 
I'm hoping that we can keep a hold of Joel Perot before the window ends, which is looking more likely thanks to the sale of Downs. He is definitely one of our best players and can create a goal out of anything. I'm very excited to see the Perot and Obafemi partnership blossom this season as they finished last season so strongly up top together. It's also exciting to see some of our younger academy players breaking through into the first team, such as Cameron Congreve, who has looked very sharp in pre-season games and when he made his debut last season. An exciting season coming up for the 18-year-old. Before the transfer window closes, I think we need to add another wing-back or two, as we lost the likes of Hannes Wolf and Cyrus Christie at the end of the season, who both played a big part in the second half of the season. Also, another midfielder to give us more depth with the departure of Downs. If all goes to plan in the transfer window, then I'm hoping that Swansea can push for a playoff spot this season. However, I feel like we may just miss out due to squad strength and depth that other teams in the league possess. I'll go for an optimistic sixth place finish for the Swans, and I hope this doesn't come back to haunt me. Thanks for that, Megan. Obviously, Swansea fans did not have the season they wanted last season. And I feel like the trend is going to continue. Obviously, Russell Martin coming in, a new manager. He is going to be continuing the transition period of bringing the Swansea way back to what the team expects. Now, us Stoke fans, we've had Michael O'Neill for quite a little bit now. And we believe now the transition period is over. This is the season, which is really his. All the squad is his players. And it's really, you know, him to decide what goes on. Now, Joe Allen coming in from Stoke. Brilliant, brilliant transfer along with Nathan Wood and Harry Darling. I think our key players going to strengthen your back line quite a lot. Flynn Downs making that step up to the Premier League is really, really key. Really, really key, sorry. And Ben Hamer um, going out. I feel like as a backup keeper, he would have been a really, really good option. But I personally have got you down at 14th. I feel like that transition period is going to continue just as it has with Stoke. It's not going to be the season that Swansea fans want, but I feel like it's a season that Swansea fans are going to need to prepare for a better season in the next. Watford! Hello, this is Mike from the Watford podcast from the Rookery End. Just touching base with a few thoughts about the Hornets as they uh, yeah, find themselves back into in the Championship after a chastening season in the Premier League. It was uh, one that Watford fans won't forget in a hurry for all the wrong reasons, setting all sorts of terrible records which I uh, I won't go into here but one because I have to be a little bit positive one good uh, record was that we set the uh, Euro, I think it might be the world record for number of nutmegs in a season so uh, there you go Stoke defenders make sure you close your legs when you're defending against Watford but yeah a really nightmarish season um, for us we were we were relegated a long time before it was mathematically confirmed the performances really were quite dire so with that in mind, I think Watford supporters are really tempering their expectations for for this coming championship season. Not in any small part down to the fact that wondering whether the, the Premier League is actually much fun to be in. I think personally, I think it's a, a very, very difficult division, he says, stating the obvious. But I think the gap between the haves and have-nots is, is expanding pretty quickly. And I wonder whether there are some Watford supporters who might actually just be looking forward to, to, to staying in the in the championship, which really is our, it feels like our, our natural home, which sounds a bit defeatist, but but there you go. That's what happens when you get pummeled week in, 
week out. We've uh, a couple of players have, have moved on. Uh, ben Foster, um, obviously. So if you're if you're looking forward to getting those uh, GoPro YouTube videos this season, you won't be seeing them from uh, Ben Foster in the Watford shirt. Musa Sissoko has moved on. Joshua King, the uh, the ex Everton and, and Bournemouth striker, he's he's left as well. Uh, but the two most saleable assets that Watford um, have are still, as we speak, and we're speaking, what, a couple of weeks ahead of the start of the season, uh, they're still with us in the shape of uh, Emmanuel Dennis and, and Ismail Assar, two players who will definitely not want to be playing in the in the Championship, two players who, are, who really have ambitions for playing European football. So they're still with us. Watford have been unable to move them on, and as such, that's sort of been a bit of a logjam in terms of our recruitment. We haven't been able to bring in any notable signings simply because we've got so much money tied up in those guys. So as it stands, it's very, very difficult for us as Watford supporters to get a, a true gauge of uh, of what the squad's like. We've got a new uh, British manager in, in Rob Edwards coming from Forest Green Rovers. He's obviously unproven at this level, coming off the back of a great season with Forest Green, but a, a lot to prove there. There's a hope that he can change the culture at Watford and bring in some fresh ideas and just a... Uh, just to shake off that horrendous sort of losing feeling which we, which everyone got infested with really last year. So an unproven manager, a squad that we don't know how it's gonna gonna look. So a lot up in the air still at Vicarage Road. Two, well, three players actually that I'm excited to see how they do in the in the championship. Imran Loser in in midfield. Um, he took a little while to settle at, at Watford last year, but when he did, he looked he looked decent. He's going to miss the first month, which is which is a blow. Uh, and 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 two forward players as Jao Pedro, who I'm sure listeners will uh, will will be aware of, the Brazilian forward. He's he's looked good in both the Championship and the Premier League for Watford. If we can hang on to him, he'll be good. And a, a name that you may not be familiar with, the first name anyway, Yasser Espria, very very young Colombian forward. Watford signed him at the start of 2022. He stayed out on on loan for last year, but has joined up with the squad this year. He looks like he's a hugely hugely talented player. So. Yeah, some some exciting um, some exciting players to look forward to to see how they do in the championship, and still a lot of uncertainty swirling around Vicarage Road. But hey, that's always the case when it comes to Watford. There's never a dull moment. Uh, but look forward to welcoming you to uh, to Vicarage Road, and uh, look forward to seeing you at the Bet Three Six Five. Come on, you horns! Yeah, cheers for that, Mike. Um, it's going to be a tough season for Watford, in my opinion. Obviously, you've got one or two players still linked to leaving. I think Jao Pedro's linked to be leaving. You've also got, obviously, Ishmael Assar and another key player, Emmanuel Dennis, who's also linked to leaving. Some players you have sold on. Uh, Messina, Sissoko, Zinconagel, Femina, Feminia, sorry. They could all do a good job. Josh King and Andre Gray, I think, could do brilliantly. Um, and Kulu as well, Kucha, uh, whose loan spell did end. I feel like it's going to be a tough season for you. Obviously, you have bought in one or two players. Rain Mange, Mario Gaspar is a key player, I think. Ben Hamer, a good backup option. And Isfeo Bayo is another option. It's going to be a tough season, like I've said. Obviously, Stoke, when we first came down, did a lot of transfer business. That was very poor, like 12 billion on Benicophobi. But I just feel like everyone's expecting Watford to jump straight back up. And I've got you personally down at eighth. I feel like you're just going to miss out on playoffs by a few points. But season after, you're probably going to come back fighting. And yeah, we'll um, see you later on down in the season. And hopefully we, should, we shouldn't we should let too many nutmegs go through. Um, Josh Tymon, I think, for us, was the leading nutmegs leader in the league. 
So, um, yeah, Watford defenders as well. Keep your legs closed. West Bromwich Albion. Hello, listeners of the Every Step Along the Way podcast. It's Louis Bent here from the Baggies podcast, which is a show all about West Bromwich Albion. Here to give you a little bit of an insight ahead of Albion season, really. It's a big season for us. It's the last season of those all-important parachute payments. Uh, a season in which I suppose we, we, we have to give our best fist of, of getting promoted, really. Um, yeah, it's, it, it really is a big season, of course, under Steve Bruce, who came in uh, just at the start of, uh, well, sort of the end of the January transfer window, just after it, just after it had closed, which was quite annoying for him, and uh, yeah, came in and failed to really have the impact and kind of keep us in the playoffs as 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 Valerian Ishmael did really, and yeah, sort of started off on the wrong foot, but eventually kind of got us some play, playing some nice stuff and uh, and got us into the right position in terms of playing style and, and what we wanted to see on the pitch, and and certainly results towards the back end of last season were were pretty positive. Um, yeah, looking at the summer and looking at sort of our in. in and outs um yeah i've been uh pretty pleased with the with the ins of course two free agents coming in so far john swift and jed wallace two big championship names and two big championship creative forces as well which i think is fantastic and you know they're really going to hopefully solve that problem of of making sure that we get that creativity in the final third because towards the end of, uh, you know especially towards the end of last season and uh, we we were kind of having, having a lot of this possession, and we never really did anything with it. And yeah, I think Swift and Wallace definitely go uh, a huge amount of the way along to to helping that out. And yeah, of course, Okaya Kushlu, of course, was in with, with us at the in the Premier League a couple of seasons ago. Could be joining uh, on a free transfer as well. He's a holding midfielder, and he's a bit of a midfield destroyer that will kind of help free up those creative talents as well. So yeah, some good in so far, uh, and and a positive uh, transfer window in that respect. We'd have hoped to have a few more outs, but. Uh, I think that's going to be uh, saved until a bit later on in the window. Cedric Kipre's gone on loan to to Cardiff, which is quite a quite a big one, really. Um, of course, a couple of released lads, Andy Carroll, Romain Sawyers has gone to Cardiff on a free transfer as well. Um, Sam Johnson's gone to Crystal Palace. So that's a bit of a big out, really. And uh, David Button and Alex Palmer looking to kind of um, fight out for that number one spot. So, yeah, things are looking pretty positive for us. I think in terms of a prediction as to where we'll finish, I think we'll finish inside the playoffs. I don't quite think we've got the ability to finish inside that top two, but uh, optimistic as ever. Uh, and, yeah, hoping to see what the future uh, holds for us, really. If you know, if it's not this season, I'm not sure what we're going to do. But, yeah, I'm looking forward to it, really. Cheers to that, mate. Obviously, West Brom had a disappointing season just like ourselves last year, and we probably should be both back in the Premier League. You've got one title to yourself, English Champions. You've got five FA Cups. Yet again, you're not exactly a small team. Your stadium's pretty good. It's not a small stadium. And yet again, it's going to be a season which I feel like is going to be a good one for Steve Bruce. Now, one or two players you have let go of. Sam Johnston on a free to Crystal Palace. Romain Sawyer's on a free as well. Maybe Kipre as well. I feel like the chance of business has been little. But the key players that you have let go of. Obviously, Josh Laku coming back in on a free. Jed Wallace coming in. John Swift and Jason Malumbi is decent. I feel like Jed Wallace and John Swift are going to link up very, very nicely in that central attacking midfield and right wing. Obviously, your squad is also very, very good. It is a very, very good championship team. One or two key players to name in there. Obviously, I've mentioned John John Swift. You've also got Callum Robinson. I think Darrell Dyke and Colin Grant are very, very key for you as well. Maybe your goalkeeping situation is a little bit poor. David Button and Alex Palmer could lead to a few goals going in. But I've got you down personally in fifth place. I feel like you're going to have a good season. And playoffs are on for the Baggies this season. 
Dragon Athletic. Hi, Baz Worthington here from the Progress with Unity Athletics podcast. Thanks for inviting me on to give my season preview from Wigan Athletics Lant. I believe this season will be fine. No final day dramas, and I can see us staying up, finishing maybe 15th or 16th in the table. And to be honest with you, I'd be very delighted with that. Um, at the point of recording, which is the 16th of July, we've not made any signings as of yet. I think that's uh, the case with the majority of clubs in the Championship. It looks like we're waiting to utilise the loan market, and I can see at least four incomings in that from that market. Uh, I'd be very surprised if Kel Watts didn't come back. We had him on loan last season from Newcastle. 22-year-old centre-back, uh, excellent player, and um, uh, there's already been overtures about the fact that he'll, he'll be rejoining us for this season. So who the other three will be, I've no idea. Possibly a right-back for cover, maybe uh, an attacking midfield player, possibly a winger. Uh, but apart from that, I've no idea. Uh, to be honest with you, though, we've got a decent squad. We've finished champions last season in League One. I know it's a big step up, but there's a lot of lads in, in the squad with championship experience. But we've got some exciting youngsters coming through as well. Callum Lang and also Tello Asgard, two brilliant prospects. And I'm really excited to see how they're going to fare this season. Anyway, thank you for inviting me on. And I'm looking forward to uh, meeting Rio Quinn. <laughs> Thank you for inviting me on and I'm really looking forward to uh, some reacquaintances with all fours this season as we're back in the Championship. See you later. Yeah, Wigan, so League One champions um, and they seem to have just been happy with the lot. They've, they've, they've come up and then they've added Ryan Niambe from Blackburn uh, on a free, Nathan Broadhead alone, alone signing centre forward from Everton. Um. Yeah, it seems that, that, that they're the only two that they seem to have brought in so far. Whether that means that they're, like I say, they're happy with their lot from from being champions in League One, they think that's enough to stay up. We'll have to wait and see. Uh, they haven't really lost anybody either. I mean, Gavin Massey's gone to Port Vale. Adam Long's gone to Doncaster. Uh, a couple of lads gone out on loan. Interestingly, Jordan Jones. Uh, I know he used to play for Rangers, Sunderland. Um, Northern Ireland International. They've loaned him out to Kilmarnock, so I thought he may have stuck around in the Championship. Uh, but we'll see, yeah, I think we'll probably see a bit of business still to be done at Wigan, I reckon, especially if they have a poor start to the season. Um, League One Champions, will that be enough to stay up? I think, personally, it will be just about. I've got them in 20th in my table. Um, but Andy and Mike have both got them in 22nd, uh, which means when everything's totaled up, they finish 22nd in our division and are relegated. So, a quick round of the table. In 24th place, we've got Rotherham United. In 23rd place, we've got Birmingham City. In 22nd place, and also getting relegated, Wigan Athletic. Just the other side of that relegation line, Reading. In 20th, we've got Blackpool. In 19th, Bristol City. In 18th, Preston North End. In 17th, Huddersfield Town. In 16th, Sunderland. 
in 15th, Queen's Park Rangers, in 14th, Coventry City, in 13th place, Blackburn Rovers, moving into the top half, we've got Hull City, in 11th place, Swansea City, in the top 10, Millwall, 9th place, Luton Town, 8th place, Cardiff City, 7th place, Middlesbrough, just sneaking into the playoffs, the mighty, mighty Potters. Fifth place, Watford. Fourth place, West Bromwich Albion. Third place, Sheffield United. And then the automatic promotion places, we have Norwich City and Champions Burnley. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.